Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Your host is Becky Olson. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, their friends, and family by providing resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here is your host, Becky Olson. Thanks so much for tuning in. My name is Becky Olson. I'm the co-founder of Breast Friends. I'm also a five-time survivor of advanced stage breast cancer, a motivational speaker, and the published author of The Hat That Saved My Life. And before we get started with our show today, and I'm really excited about this show because I think it's super timely, but before we get into that, I wanted to share a little something with you. I've talked on this show you know, a few times about my bucket list. And I actually got my bucket list out um, just this morning, in fact, just to see what else I could take off of it that I haven't crossed off yet. And and on there was get back to a size 10. And by golly, I did that. <laughs> so I just crossed that one off. But everything on my list is pretty much checked off with, with a few exceptions. Uh, one is I always wanted to be on the Oprah Winfrey show, but now I'd rather be on Ellen. But neither one of them have invited me yet. But Oh, well, I'd like to sing with Kenny Loggins. I think that would be a great thrill, um, but he has no idea that I want to do that. So if anyone knows Kenny Loggins, do me a favor, would you? <laughs> um, I also want to publish a second book, and um, I'd like to have that published, you know, sometime this year, and it's going to be called Stay in the Light. So I, I've got some ideas for it. I just haven't started writing it yet, so better get on that. And the, the goal that I added last to this list was to speak in all 50 states. And, you know, a lot of you know kind of what's going on in my life right now. And if, for those who don't, I'll go ahead and fill you in real quickly. Um, you know, I've been battling stage four breast cancer now for about a year and a half. And my last scan didn't go so well. Um, it looks like the cancer has spread. It's The tumors have gotten larger. It's in my uh, liver. It's in my hips it's in my spine, it's in my skull, it's kind of just sort of taking hold. Um, but we're still we're still trying to stay positive, and I definitely have my moments. But, uh, but speaking in all 50 states seems to be something that is, um, even if I were well right now, I wouldn't be able to travel to 50 states because nobody's, nobody's doing events. So, um, so I was talking with this lovely lady named Kara Duffy. She is my business coach. She came up with this idea, and she said, you know, is the idea to speak in 50 states, or could you settle for being heard in all 50 states? And I said, you know what? At this point, let's settle for being heard in all 50 states. So we created a new Facebook page. It's called Breast Friends Around the Globe, and it's a place where I'll be promoting my um, – the page actually already exists. It was launched on Friday, and it's a page where I, I'm going to be promoting – the radio show, and asking people who are listening to write where they're listening from. And because I still have, when I launched this page on Friday, I had 18 states left to go to speak in. I've added five states with this with this little group. Um, so we've added Idaho. No, I'm not Idaho. I'm sorry. Utah. I've got my map in front of me. Utah, Montana, Wisconsin, New Hampshire, and Colorado have all been added since I um, did this, and there is a map on on the group page. So I would encourage everyone who's listening join the group page, Breast Friends 
around the globe is what it's called. It's a group. Um, you don't have to be invited to join, but if, if something comes up, I will approve it. And then post that you heard this podcast and where you're listening from. I would love that so much. And also, if you're listening from outside the the country and you're in another country, let me know that too, because I know we have listeners all over the globe. So would love to include you in this. It's kind of sometimes we have to take a little uh, detour in our in our goals to try to make things happen. But but I'm kind of determined to to accomplish this one. And I think it's very doable if everyone posts. So with that, we're going to get to our show. And I have the privilege of introducing once again one of my newest most favorite guests and his name is Patrick Quillen. Patrick's been on three times prior talking about the 12 keys to a healthier cancer patient and it took us three different weeks to get through that um, because he has so much information he's amazing but I asked him what he knows about the coronavirus and the impact on cancer patients and I had a feeling he would know a lot so he, he does, and with that, I brought him back. So, welcome, Patrick. I'm not even going to go through the long introduction because when they go back and listen to the 12 Keys, they'll hear it several times, but I am so excited that you said you'd come back and talk with us again today. So, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Becky, and thank you for sharing your listeners. I think we're going to have a very spirited discussion about uh, COVID, coronavirus, uh, nutrition, cancer patients, and how you can support yourself. My message today, I am hoping that our listeners will understand, is about empowerment and optimism. We will survive this. You will get better and stronger through this situation. So I'm looking forward to a discussion. Um, I think I could give you my whole introduction, but let me tell you what I am not. I am not a virologist or someone who studies viruses. I am not a medical doctor. I am a world-class clinical nutritionist, bachelor's, master's, doctorate degrees, registered dietitian, 10 years as vice president of nutrition with Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Um, I organized three international symposia on adjuvant nutrition and cancer treatment. These were category one CME conferences. Uh, I've written 18 books that have sold over 2 million copies, uh, college professor for nine years, etc. And my soundbite is a healthy human body is self-regulating and self-repairing. So as we talk about COVID and cancer patients, the direction we are headed is that in general, most condition, most diseases are opportunistic. That is, they take the opportunity of finding someone whose system is down. It's kind of like, imagine car thieves roving through a neighborhood, and the first car they steal is the one where the door is open and the keys are in the ignition. It's easy. And then they move on. If they really want that Ferrari, they might break into it. But point is, viruses, bacteria, fungi, and even cancer uh, take the opportunity of someone whose defenses are down to exploit that. Um, and so if you don't mind, Becky, we're going to talk about optimism, positivism, how you can protect yourself if you get the COVID, how you can improve your chances of recovery. And I think it would be very wise to just paint a broad brushstroke. Give me one minute, maybe, maybe two, to say, where have we been? Where are we going? Where are we at right now with COVID? Absolutely. Um, Let's do that. First of all, coronavirus, Wuhan, Chinese, coronavirus, COVID-19, call it what you want. Just for brevity, we're going to call it COVID today. 
started in Wuhan, China, in what they have, wet markets. And essentially what the experts feel is that wet markets mean you've got dead and live animals together. And the possibility of transferring a virus that's normally found in a bird or a pig into a human becomes much more likely. And so that virus, which humans are have less resistance to, then moves through and becomes this pandemic. Now, pandemic means pan as in across. It doesn't mean it's going to kill the whole earth. It means it's around the world. And if I may put this in perspective, the most significant pandemic to strike the planet Earth in the past century was the Spanish flu, which struck in the year uh, 1918 at the end of World War I, which is significant. I'll come back to that. Uh, in a year, 50 million people around the world died. 675,000 Americans died. And if you scale that up to population, if it hit America today, we would expect 1.2 million deaths in America. Wow. Now, let's keep that in perspective what's happening with COVID. Worldwide right now there have been 445,000 cases and 19,000 deaths. In America 60,000 cases and 800 deaths and if you want to check my numbers go to worldometers.info worldometers.info so that puts it in perspective and you say what have we done? Well, we've shut down the schools and parents who work uh, out of uh, uh, working parents have to figure out what to do with their children. We've shut the restaurants. Uh, we've closed dental offices. We've closed hotels. The travel and tourism industry has been decimated. And that's an $8 trillion a year industry. Uh, airlines are on the ragged edge of bankruptcy. Uh, we look at international travel shut down. Uh, so we have an eight thousand point drop in the stock market which works out to roughly an eight trillion dollar loss in uh, stock value or equities um, millions of Americans are suffering billions of dollars in losses and we hope we get out of this but some economists are talking about recession or depression I hope not but it has taken a great toll on us and in the same time that we have had in America we've had these 800 deaths in three months Let's look at that in perspective. Uh, every year there's about 50,000 deaths from the flu, which works out to 12,500 deaths in that same three-month period during which we've had 800 deaths from COVID. In that same three-month period, we have roughly 32,000 deaths per year from car accidents. So we would have had 8,000 deaths from car accidents. There's 600,000 deaths per year from cancer. So in those three months, we would have had 150,000 deaths from cancer. So we've had 800 deaths, and I, I'm not saying it's acceptable, but here's what we have to do. We've shut the country down for the first time ever. I want our listeners to think about it. If you were in charge, would you have created this type of havoc on the country for I don't know. We're going to find out if it's uh, worthwhile. But what's happened in China and South Korea is a flattening of the curve. All viruses spread in what appears to be this exponential growth in which it looks like they're going to kill everybody immediately. But then the curve flattens out. And that's what happened in China in Wuhan. What you have is 1.3 billion people in China, 80,000 affected, 3,200 dead in 1.3 billion, and the last COVID hospital in Wuhan, in China closed 
because there's no business. Same thing happened in South Korea. There was an exponential growth. There was a flattening of the curve. And they call it an S-curve. But for those of us who are not statisticians, it makes more sense to think about a hill in in, uh, Kentucky. You walk up this steep hill, and it looks like you're never going to get to the top, and suddenly it peaks out. It plateaus. So where are we on the hill? That's a good question. And the there's a room full of uh, statisticians at the Center for Disease Control and the National Institutes of Health who are crunching the numbers. But somehow, they were the ones who told the president, you need to shut down the country. And we are literally under a police lockdown. I want our listeners to ask yourself, would you have done that? Now, with that in mind, let's talk about how we can protect ourselves and get through this with the least amount of um, intrusion upon our health. Okay, before we before we do, let me ask you a question on the on what's happening in China because I we know that we know that it was a, a huge number of people and then it is flattening out. Was was there any kind of social isolation or anything being done in China during that time to make that happen, or is this just a natural process for this particular bug? I guess that's the part I'm not clear on. Yeah, well, there's a couple of things to keep in mind. Epidemiologists, virologists, uh, uh, MDs who work with infectious diseases always speak of the flattening of the curve. You just don't know where it's going to flatten out. Nobody does. The brightest people with more degrees than a thermometer in Washington don't know where it's going to flatten out. But what we can do is we can look at China and South Korea and say what they did Uh, South Korea has a much more first world approach to medicine. So I would have to say that they did some uh, social distancing, uh, some quarantining. But in in effect, uh, their medical approach was far more advanced than China. And China being, you know, some parts of China are a third world country. That's why they have wet markets. Um, And so can I tell you what's going to happen? No. What we do know is that South Korea and China have demonstrated a very mild um, uh, increase in numbers and so a flattening of the curve, an S-curve, a plateau, peaking out. And so I think what we can look at in America, uh, President Trump has already spoken about um, as of next Monday or Tuesday, that will be the end of the two-week or 15-day period in which the the epidemiologist said, give me 15 days of lockdown, social distancing, and let's see what happens. And then President Trump has said, we hope by Easter we're back at full force. I hope we did, we climb out of this financially, but as far as the numbers, it looks like we're going to follow South Korea and China, and in the very near future, there's going to be a peaking, a plateauing, an S-curve, and Americans are going to take a deep breath and say, um, we made it. Does that mean we made it? Yes, or will that be false? Won't be false no. hope? No, I don't think so at all, no. Um, You know, you can look at some of the worst plagues that have ever hit the planet Earth, the bubonic plague, uh, 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 which was truly a pandemic, killed a third of Europe uh, in the days when they didn't know what caused diseases. In those days, they thought it was evil spirits. Uh, And so they had no approach to hygiene, medicine. uh, But if, uh, once again, we have... China, which is a brilliant country, South Korea, which is both brilliant and a first world country, and we can look at them as saying, these people have walked through the minefield in front of us, and here's what we can expect. And so I think um, 
that the, the the hygiene, the medicine in America, the uh, the leadership that has uh, taken place is is going to take control. And my my theme for the next few minutes, I hope, Becky, is to tell people that you are in charge of this. People look at these diseases as if it's the boogeyman underneath their bed and it's going to reach up and grab you. Let's look at numbers with COVID. Of the 60,000 cases in America and the 800 deaths, almost zero. The first case of a child happened in, in California yesterday. So literally you have almost a 0% chance of COVID if you're under 18. As you get older, it becomes more likely. Over 60 is a risk group. Over 80 is a high risk group. If you're on medications, particularly corticosteroids, chemotherapy, which are immunosuppressive, you're very high risk. Um, actually taking the flu vaccine. There was a study that just came out saying that those who took the flu vaccine were at higher risk for COVID. So we add all this up and say, the vast majority of America can relax. However, my book, 12 Keys to a Healthier Cancer Patient, basically talks about how you can use lifestyle. There's six vectors that drive your body towards optimal wellness. Six, let's list them. Number one is attitude. We'll come back to that attitude. Number two is nutrition. Number three is exercise. Number four is the microbiome. Number five is toxins. And number six is the the body electric or our power grid. So we can talk about each of those, which we did in the previous shows. But what we're going to talk about today is how can you, the listener, bolster up your body's host defenses so that you become virtually invincible. Now, you say, well, there was a doctor in China, and he was healthy, and there was a doctor in Italy, and he was healthy. Yes, you can overwhelm your system. Uh, The doctor in Italy who died, for instance, uh, what he said is he ran out of um, uh, sterilized medical equipment and started working without gloves and a mask. Well, you can overwhelm anyone's system. For instance, Um, Most of our listeners right now, I hope, are reasonably healthy. And if let's just take an example. You're in a room of 200 people, which is illegal right now. But let's say you're in a room of 200 people and one person in that room coughs. And all of us in that room breathe in maybe 100 virus particles from it. And for most of us, our immune system recognizes the virus and destroys it and we're healthy. But the person who was in front of that person who coughed, did not get a hundred, they got a hundred thousand virus particles in their face and their system was overwhelmed and no matter how healthy they were, they may have gotten sick. And so the few doctors who have died from this, their systems were overwhelmed by being immersed in this without proper protective gear. Now, let's go back to those six vectors. How are you going to protect yourself? How are you going to make sure you don't get COVID? How are you going to make sure that you're not one of the few people left in America who might get it, and that is, let's start with attitude. I want people to understand that stress depresses your immune system measurably, visibly, horrifically. And so a very important point here is we need to keep ourselves meditating, calm, relaxed, happy, watch some laughter. Go to youtube.com and they have an abundance of fantastic, funny videos to watch. Uh, Clear studies show that you can upregulate your natural killer cells simply by getting a good laugh. Now let's inject the the public health measures. People talk about distancing, good. Uh, We all know wash your hands, good. I want to inject one of the most powerful things you could do for yourself is drink plenty of water. 
because COVID infects your body by coming in through the upper respiratory tract, through the sinuses or the lungs. And what our body does is it uses this uh, incredible barrier of mucus, mucin, to protect it. And mucus is 99% water. And one of the reasons older people are affected by this COVID is that older people are chronically dehydrated. They don't drink enough water. So those of you who live in wet weather, snow, mud, uh, I want you to think about the last time you were driving your car and the windshield got all muddy and mucky. And so you used your windshield wiper fluid to wash the windshield. And that's what mucus and water are doing in your system. So you may get a few viruses into your lungs, but if you've got enough water and mucus, and if that mucus is full of natural killer cells and various cytokines, now what you're doing is you're washing away the few viruses that ended up in your lungs, just like windshield wiper fluid, and you're clearing yourself of that. So hydration is critical. I mentioned you know, no, I haven't I haven't heard anybody talk about drinking a lot of water. So that's absolutely that's that's a new piece of information, and I will take that to heart, and I hope our listeners do too. Um, Patrick, we need to go out to a short break, um, so we're going to do that, and but we're going to pick this right up on the other side, so don't lose your place, okay? Good, good. <laughs> All right. Okay, stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a car that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Female cancers affect women. But women's effects are felt throughout our families, workplaces, and communities. Electa is driving advances in precision radiation medicine across our portfolio of devices. By enabling treatment that is highly responsive to changes in tumor shape, position, and biology, but doesn't compromise the health of surrounding tissue and the patient, we protect the moments that matter in the lives of women with female cancers and everyone they touch. Learn more at electa.com. That's E-L-E-K-T-A dot com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. 
To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. We've been talking about the coronavirus with our guest, Patrick Quillen. And before we move on, Patrick, I want to go back to something that you said a few minutes ago. Um, You were talking about imagining being in an audience of 200 people and there was somebody sitting behind you, directly behind you, who coughed and where the people far away only picked up, you know, maybe a few virus cells and their bodies were able to, you know, remove them. But the person right in front of that person that coughed might pick up, I think you said 150,000 virus cells. It's just a number I know. But um, but that kind of makes the point for social distancing, because I know a lot of people still don't think it's necessary, but this is a highly contagious disease. And if you're too close to someone who has it, you're the one that picks up that 150,000 if they cough. And um, or if it's on their hands or you put their your put it straight in your mouth or whatever. So that's the whole idea behind social distancing. Um, what I'm hearing from you is that maybe, I mean, these things are all really good, but but are we going over the top with it? And I, I'm still not sure I understand where we're at because well, I know I'm, I am, I'm self-distancing right now because I just got back a week ago from a flight to Boston that I had long you know, planned a long time ago. I cut it short a week early and I came home and I've been self-isolating for a week and I'm going to do it another week just to make sure I didn't pick up something on the airplane because I have no idea. <laughs> you know, yeah. I may have and I don't want to give it to anybody. So so I'm doing that and I'm hoping that our listeners are doing that same thing. I think they are. Um, but, but, okay, so can you speak to that a little bit more? The yes, I'm not negating distancing. the uh, public health officials who have said social distancing. I'm not negating that. I did ask in the beginning of the show, has all of this draconian effort been worthwhile when you put the 800 deaths in America in context of the deaths from the flu, car accidents, and cancer? So, not saying it's not a good idea. However, think about all of the disruptions that have happened. Millions of Americans are going to go into bankruptcy. Uh, the social distancing is assuming that. Here's their number. They assume that anyone who comes in contact with the virus becomes either infected or a carrier, which is not true. It's just, uh, think about this. Uh, I'm 68. Uh, For the past 68 years, you go to work. How many people go to work sick, Becky? Oh, lots. Lots. Too many. Too many. And they all have a virus and they all have some infectious disease and they're coughing and sneezing. And most people at the office don't get it. So a common sense procedure should be always, if you're sick, stay home. But for the past 50 years in America, you use your sick days for wellness and you go to work when you're sick. And that's just routine. That's not right. So this social distancing is assuming that. Anyone who comes in contact with a virus becomes either a carrier or infected and possibly dead. And that's not right because we can look at the last 50 years of people going to work sick and an office of 500 people and maybe one or two come home with the disease, but not all 500. So I'm in favor of social distancing. I also think they've taken the extreme position on this. Okay, that's, that's interesting. 
That's interesting. Okay. All right. So when we went out to break, you remind me what we were talking about. I, mean, I remember saying, don't lose your place. <laughs> yes, attitude. So let's go back to how can <laughs> you make your body bulletproof against this infection or others? And the answer is the six vectors that drive our health. I mentioned attitude. Let's move on. We got nutrition, exercise, microbiome, toxins, and energy alignment. Let's talk about nutrition. Most Americans, uh, let's just talk about the the sad standard American diet, which is uh, the most commonly eaten fruits and vegetables in America are ketchup, French fries, and onion rings. That's (laughs) according to the USDA. That's laughable. Those do not contain what I would say nutrients that are rich in fruits and vegetables, the carotenoids, the flavonoids, the vitamins, minerals, potassium. And it's been very clearly proven there's now over 300 studies showing that a diet rich in fruits and vegetables lowers the risk for cancer and improves immune function. And that includes against COVID. Uh, We could talk about specific nutrients. Let me just start at the top with vitamin D. Why is it that the wintertime is when we have the vast majority of flu? Now, remember, 37,000 Americans die every year from the flu, which works out to be roughly 3,000 a month. Um, 50,000 die from the uh, pneumonia, which uh, works out to 12,500 over the three-month period of COVID. But we go back to... Of those nutrients, almost all of, the, of those diseases, they're much more common in the wintertime. Why? Well, number one, people are inside and they're not practicing social dis- distancing. Number two, there's no sunshine. Number three, there's no vitamin D. Um, uh, bu- brilliant researchers have found that just by living in San Diego in the sunshine or Miami in the sunshine versus Boston or New York, the difference in breast cancer is cutting your risk in half just by the vitamin D and sunshine. Let's look at COVID. Of the cases of COVID in America, by far, the most radical epicenter of COVID is New York. And as a matter of fact, it's New York City and New Jersey surrounding areas. So what do we have? What's going on? Why is it different there? Number one, you have a very crowded area. There ain't no social distancing when you've got 25 million people in a one-hour drive. That's a lot of congestion. Add in the fact that that's a very cold area and we're towards the end of the winter. Studies have looked at death, morbidity, and mortality, and they find absolutely across the board the most likely time to get sick or die is at the end of the winter. That's where we're at right now. It's been three or four months since these people have had any sunshine, vitamin D, fresh air, exercise. And so I picked one of the 50 nutrients that's required in the diet, vitamin D, and said, you want to do something to improve your health, take some vitamin D supplements. I would recommend 5,000 IU per day. It dramatically improves immune response. We could look at so many others. Um, Selenium, for instance. Very good studies showing that selenium, which is a trace mineral that's found in radically different amounts in the soil. So those of you who have gone out for an ice cream parfait and you take, I say, I want two scoops of ice cream and put a little chocolate on that. And they drop some chocolate, drizzle some chocolate over it. That's exactly how the earth looks when it comes to these minerals. So, for instance, there might be a lot of um, selenium in the soil in Ohio and none in Wyoming and some in your area. So, selenium is an essential trace mineral, period. But many food crops have little to no selenium in it. And so when they have estimates or guesstimates of your selenium intake, rough numbers, the recommended dietary allowance is 70 micrograms 
per day. Most Americans get half that. A much more healthy level would be 200 micrograms. The best sources of selenium are foods that are grown in selenium-rich soil. And you say, where's that? Nobody knows. That's why taking (laughs) supplements can be of assistance. Brazil nuts are the best source. But frankly, what happens is Brazil nuts have anywhere from 50 to 200 micrograms, depending on where they're grown in Brazil. Um, So I just mentioned two of the 50 essential nutrients, and I'm going to sum up nutrition to say what you eat has a huge bearing on the quality and quantity of your immune system. Now, let's get down to what is ground zero for COVID, your immune system. And what happened in uh, 1908, uh, Eli Mechnikov won the Nobel Prize in Medicine for his work. He's considered the father of modern immunology. And his work actually discovered bacteria. He said, all diseases begin in the gut. And after studying immunology, what you find is that 70% of the immune system surrounds the gut. Now, it comes down to what you eat, fiber, fruits, vegetables, whole grains, a daily bowel movement, uh, the probiotics you consume, yogurt. All of those things play a critical role in your immune system. But what scientists have said is we have roughly 37 trillion cells in an adult body. And maybe almost half of them are immune cells. And their job is to patrol through the body 24-7 and look for bad guys. Are you with me or against me? Are you self or non-self? And this is why it's so difficult for people who have been through stem cell transplant. Uh, any type of transplant, you have a, a kidney recipient, you, your kidneys failed because of diabetes, so you got a kidney donation. Wonderful. However, now the doctors are going to have to give you drugs the rest of your life to subdue your immune system because your immune system says, that ain't me, and I'm going to spend all my time trying to get rid of it, self from non-self. Um, so what I'm trying to point out here is the importance of the immune system in protecting yourself against COVID. One of the other 50 nutrients I want to mention, potassium. What we find is in our indigenous diet, our ancestors ate lots of plant food, which is rich in potassium. The modern American lives at the fast food restaurant, a hamburger, French fries, and a shake, which is very high in sodium, salt, but very low in potassium. And it's that ratio that creates a critical imbalance in the sodium-potassium pump in the body, which is the engine of every cell in your body. It's how we generate energy. So potassium, most of us are seriously deficient in potassium. When the doctor says eat less sodium, I would like to say, well, that's okay. But more importantly, eat more potassium plant food because it's a double negative when you eat too much sodium and not enough potassium. And what doctors in the COVID front line have found, 100% of the people who were in serious condition with COVID have low potassium levels in their blood, hypokalemia. And what these doctors have found is when they restore potassium to these patients, they do much better. So of the 50 nutrients, I only mentioned three of them. We could spend the rest of the time. We don't have the time. It's your turn. (laughs) love this okay so i wrote down the 5000 ius of vitamin d 200 200 uh, selenium micrograms okay 200 micrograms or plant food to get your potassium levels up okay cool so those are the and i mean i'm not i've never been one to take a lot of of you know things like that but vitamin d i know because a lot of cancer patients 
seem to have deficiencies of vitamin D in their bloodstream. You know, you're talking about how sometimes they have to infuse us with this stuff to try to, you know, especially cancer patients. I'm starting on a brand new drug tomorrow and I have no idea how it's going to impact me. I know it's going to cause some severe uh, intestinal issues. Let's just leave it at that. I don't want to get too gross here, but it's going to cause some some severity there. And um, but the way I have to look at it is kind of like that search and destroy mission that I've got these cancer things, these drugs going through my body, searching for what belongs there and what doesn't. And the goal right now with this drug is just to slow the cancer down and give me longer. You know, that's Good. that's the goal. I Good. don't know how much longer I'm going to get, but. You know, I'm willing to willing to give it a try. So see what hap- you know, see what happens with all of that. But but I think that that's really you know important to for all of us that are maybe just starting treatment. Um, I talked to my doctor the other day. They've canceled all hospital all surgeries at the hospital, and they're only doing chemotherapy for patients that need it. And um, but if that's if you're one of those patients and you're going into this hospital and you're kind of scared about all of this right now, think about those cancer drugs going into your body and think about them being on a search and destroy mission trying to find all those those things that don't belong there and um i that's kind of what got me through when i went through cancer the first time i've i've been on chemo actually out of my five diagnoses i've only been on chemo the first two times and and then this last time i've been on a variety of different drugs that you know including some uh immunology related things but um but i you know it, it's this is just a scary time honestly and you know what what really scares me a lot is what's going on in the stores and the you know, this this toilet paper hoarding my gosh you know i mean i was telling my husband we took a count last night i have six rolls of toilet paper in this house six rolls there's two of us normally that would last me a while like i said i'm starting on a new drug tomorrow i might need a little more of that <laughs> Yeah. And I, we can't we can't find any, and so you know people going into from the cities out out to small towns and and kind of taking the supplies whatever they can find and it's just it's just making me crazy to think that people are are why what's the thing with toilet paper it's not even a side of it's not even one of the symptoms of of COVID is you know it, it's just panic. It's just now, panic. Any, can't. Anybody who ever watched Gilligan's Island knows that you don't need toilet paper. <laughs> Didn't they bring kidding. tons I'm of it kidding. with them? <laughs> yeah, just kidding. Uh, I know if you're going to stockpile something, to- toilet paper would be the last thing I would stockpile. I would start with uh, uh, beans and rice. Uh, yeah. I would add in some dried vegetables. Uh, so there's a lot of canned goods that can get you through a lot longer. Uh, toilet paper would be the last thing on my stockpiling list. Uh, but if we could try and give our, our, our listeners some hope on the subject of beating COVID, yes, the idea please. is to get yourself healthy. What you are doing is trying to make yourself an Olympic athlete to the extent that it is possible in the age you're at. So, for instance, I mentioned exercise. While uh, 42% of Americans will get cancer in their lifetime, uh, you can cut that number in half just by getting 30 minutes of exercise a day. Cut it in half. Do nothing different except exercise 30 minutes a day. And what happens? Exercise detoxifies the body, stimulates the immune system, warms up the lymphatics so that that lymph system, which is your body's 
parallel circulation of uh, lymphatics, immune warriors, they move more fluidly. So the lymph system is not unlike Vaseline jelly. And when you warm it up, it flows more like a liquid. And that's what exercise does to move immune immune warriors. Uh, it's been found that cancer patients who exercise do better through therapy. Uh, people who exercise don't get cancer. Uh, we could add in animals. This is one study in which they took animals. They implanted tumors, and then they put one set of animals where they had a treadmill that they could uh, exercise wheel that they could use. The other animals did not have an exercise wheel. And they found in the animals who used the exercise wheel, there was a 60% reduction in the uh, number and size of metastasis from the cancer. And they could actually document natural killer cell activity went ballistic in the animals who got some exercise. You want to protect yourself? Forget about stockpiling toilet paper. Go out and take a walk. And one of the strange... Uh, mixed blessings I have seen in the past few weeks of this COVID police lockdown is uh, parents spending more time with their children. I love it. People outside walking their dogs. I love it. I saw a cartoon on the internet the other day, and it was of this small sort of mutt dog on the floor, exhausted. You could see that the thing was just worn out. And the caption below read, my sixth walk of the day. What is Corona? And so people are taking their dogs out for a walk more often. The dog is exhausted. And the poor <laughs> dog saying, why am I so exhausted? Anyway, exercise is an important part of you protecting yourself against a viral infection. Microbiome. This is critical. Uh, I mentioned 1908. Uh, Eli Mechnikoff won the Nobel Prize in medicine. He said, death begins in the colon. In uh, 1995, America launched the Microbiome Project. By 2005, they had completed it. And what these scientists did is they stood back and said, unbelievable. There is 100 trillion microbes in your gut. And for better or for worse, they dictate your immune system. So when we eat food that has fiber in it or resistant starches, that fiber eventually becomes food for our 100 trillion voting board members, commensal organisms, board members that are a big part of your immune system. So they call it prebiotics. When you eat food that you can't digest, such as from plant food, fruits, vegetables, whole grains, legumes, nuts, seeds, seaweed, all of those are rich in fiber. And what's left over that you can't digest is now food for your friends. And now what they're doing is they're generating powerful immune-stimulating substances such as hydrogen, H2, butyrate, which is a powerful anti-cancer substance. Uh, they're generating uh, postbiotics by the Hundreds, including vitamin K and biotin. So when you keep your friends happy with a, a diet that's plant-based, you're bolstering your immune system and making sure that uh, you're going to protect yourself against COVID and cancer. Uh, the last few things, I know we only have a few minutes left here, but uh, toxins. No, we're good. We're good. We're skipping the break, so we're good. Okay. Toxins and energy alignment. Um 
excessive drinking, alcohol consumption. There's a number of things that alcohol does. And I think uh, right now some people are a little depressed, moments of despair and doubt, and maybe over-consuming, over-served, as we say in California. Never blame yourself, blame someone else. Uh, but uh, consuming an excess alcohol, which clearly lowers the immune system. Natural killer cells go down measurably uh, with alcohol excess. You're also dehydrating the body. Alcohol is a diuretic. So when you drink alcohol, it causes the kidneys to lose fluid. So you might have eight ounces of beer and urinate 16 ounces of fluid because alcohol is a diuretic. So after a uh, consuming too much alcohol, we're de uh, dehydrated. And one of the first things I mentioned early in our show was one of your first lines of defense against COVID is water, which feeds, which is 99% of the mucus in your lungs and sinuses, which is going to protect you. So do not get dehydrated. Toxins such as excess alcohol is a problem. Smoking obviously is a problem. Smokers are at much greater risk for COVID. Um, we could move on to the other more common toxins, uh, 2,800 different FDA-approved food additives, 60,000 chemicals that are available in America today, most of which have never been tested if they're safe. So my suggestion to our reader, listeners is, I hope they're reading too, uh, <laughs> is, uh, is actually to go organic to the extent that it is possible, eat clean food. Organic is good without uh, sprays, no uh, uh, no hormones in the, in the meat supply. Um, and then to the extent possible, use glass, stainless steel. Uh, if, for instance, ladies and in lipstick, almost all lipstick tested has lead in it. I want really? you to think about this. The lipstick is always consumed. You're going to lick it off. And so um, the FDA does not consider lipstick to be regulated by standard food and drug uh, uh, toxicity studies. And you think, well, wait a minute. We took lead out of gasoline 40 years ago. Why do we put it in a lipstick? Because it allows for a fluid and a, a flowing, a smoothness to the lipstick. So uh, I caution ladies, men, try to use things that are a little bit more natural, organic, uh, back to nature stuff, minimize the exposure to toxins. Lead clearly suppresses the immune system and about everything else. And the last thing is our energy alignment. This is critical. In my book, 12 Keys to a Healthier Cancer Patient, I talk about bolstering the human power grid. We are the body electric. If your heart stops, a doctor may use a defibrillator to get it starting again, and they're pumping 1,700 volts into your body. Compare that to the 110 volts that's in the outlet in your house. Uh, if you go through electroconvulsive therapy for depression or um, epilepsy, the doctor might pump 400 volts into your brain. Compare that to the 110. So a human body at rest generates about 100 watts of power. That's uh, that's 10 LED light bulbs at, uh, at 10 watts each. So we are the body electric. How do we keep this going? What we eat, our stress levels, our toxins, the alignment of the body. Much of Chinese medicine deals with chakras, meridians, energy alignment. And this is where acupuncture, acupressure, massage, inversion therapy, slant boards, um, yoga, this is where homeopathy, all of those therapies are, are attempting to improve your body's energy alignment. And I encourage all of it. I start my day 
with an incline board. I basically bought a total gym, which is an incline board, get my body at a 45 degree angle inverted, and it improves the spine tremendously. Chiropractors, osteopaths, are spending most of their time trying to get the energy alignment flowing. And that's how we keep our immune system functioning. We are the body electric. I totally agree. My husband just brought me in some vitamin C and some vitamin D3. So <laughs> just to make sure, because like I said, he's listening. Um, you know, I, I want to just say to you something that I, I'm really happy to hear all of this. And I, you know, we've just been hearing so much negativity and it's just so it's everything we're hearing is scary. And we're not saying it's not real, that we don't have to be careful because we do. Um, but you know, there's there's hope here, you know, just the idea of drinking more water. I didn't think about, I mean, I knew that it affected respiratory, but if you keep your system more moist and it flushes through and, you know, there, there's got to be something to that. So I just, I really appreciate you giving all of our listeners a heavy duty dose of hope today. Um, you know, again, we're not here to, to say don't don't listen to the cdc you know do do all the stuff that they're telling us to do you know be safe keep your distance if you know if that's what we're required to do um and you know be aware and if we're sick stay home um i know people will say but with this disease you can be sick for a couple weeks and not know it and go out and spread it that's kind of how all flu bugs are i think um isn't isn't that kind of absolutely yes you know carrier it could be dormant for a while uh, but I guess my message is one of hope and empowerment. Yeah. Uh, I want people to sen- have a sense of self-reliant. Um, I think the panic, and I do believe that the media has generated panic. You can't turn any station on, any news, without having nothing but corona 24-7. Yeah. And what they've done is inflicted a great deal of paranoia upon the people. I have never seen something on the news. Actually, once, what they showed was... One of these cruise ships in which one of the people tested positive for corona. So they brought the cruise ship back to shore. They quarantined everybody for two weeks. The one person who tested positive, she said she went through about a 24-hour flu. And afterwards, she tested negative, And she said it was kind of like the flu, no big deal. So let's keep in mind, at least 96% of the people who develop COVID, and you're not going to be one of the 96% of the people who get COVID will survive it. And the people who are at the greatest risk are older, more fragile, those on immunosuppressive drugs, smokers. uh, Those are the people at high risk. So I see people running around like chickens with their head cut off. You need to keep this in perspective. You will survive this. And my hope is that we financially recover from this. I know we're going to recover mentally. Americans are strong people. We, We band together. I see on my walks, I see people even more friendly as we meet people. And of course, they walk six feet away from me because like, we're all being treated like active lepers, which, uh, uh, but that's another story. So if I can offer you know, some I, guidelines. Yeah, let, let me ask you a question before we move on because we only have a few more minutes left. I do want to ask this. I know one of the things about the normal flu, you know, if there's such a thing as a normal flu, you know, you can get your flu shot every, every fall. I get mine every October and I haven't gotten the flu one time since I started getting flu shots. And I think part of the, the fear here is that there's still, even though it sounds like they're getting close, there still is no actual vaccine for this particular brand. And um, and so that's kind of the scary thing is if you do get it and you fall into that group of people like, you know, like me, um, 
and others like me, you know, that's it's kind of scary because there is no vaccine for this. But they are getting close, and that's that's exciting, right? That is, uh, I'm all in favor of modern medicine, but I'd like our our listeners to keep in mind the human species uh, evolved or uh, adapted or emerged, however you view this, roughly two million years ago. So we've walked the face of the earth for two million years. Yes, there have been some pandemics, but in general, the vast majority of the people survive. And if you look, it's been a hundred years since the planet earth had a pandemic. And keep in mind, the Spanish flu killed 50 million people. Right now, in the world, 19,000 have died, and it's already plateauing in the countries that got it first, China and South Korea. So while I'm all in favor of modern medicine, look for a vaccine, great. However, the real vaccine is within you. That's Mother Nature. That's how you maintain your own internal uh, ability to regulate and enforce law and order in your body, which is the immune systems, uh, the quality and quantity of immune factors. So, yes, I applaud modern medicine. You look for a vaccine. But in the meantime, the only reason most of us are listening to this is because our bodies have an immune system that's healthy. Let me fall back on an interesting story. Uh, War of the Worlds, written by H.G. Wells. It was a science fiction book, and it was based upon the premise that what if a modern society from Mars invaded Earth and they wanted to take over? And so it was a science fiction book that was launched on Halloween Eve during the Depression. True story. 1935, they had an announcer on the radio. So this is before TV, before the Internet, when the only thing you had for entertainment was the radio. So imagine millions of Americans listening to this story, and he's dictating, and he says, the Martians have landed, and they're taking over. They have giant machines, and they're sweeping the Earth, and they're going to kill us all. And what happens, of course, then people panicked, and then they, they had to come under the radio announcer and say, you have to tell them this is a story, this is fiction. Okay, but in the story, in the real book by H.G. Wells, what happens is no bullets could stop these giant Martian machines. You know what stopped them? No, I don't remember. They have no immune system. Mm -hmm. So the Martians had uh, evolved into an advanced society in which they had eliminated all microbes on the uh, planet Mars. And so they had no immune system. Their immune system had atrophied. They didn't need it. And so when they landed on Earth with these giant, superb machines devastating humans, what killed them was microbes because they had no immune system. Wow. What I'm sharing with our listeners is get your immune system up to speed, and in two weeks we'll all be laughing about this. I hope <laughs> we financially recover from it. You know, we are we are a tough bunch of people here in America. I think we, we will are. recover from this. So, hey. Patrick, we are out of time. I'm so sorry. I'm glad we took we skipped the last break, but we are we still ran out of time. But I want to thank you so much for coming on today, giving our listeners just a, a dash of hope here to know that maybe you know maybe we have a little bit more power in ourselves than what we than what we're being given credit for. So, I want to thank you um, for all of you listening. You know, the, this is what this show is about is, you know, there is hope. There is hope. And we 
always, every week, week to week, we try, we try to be here to help you find it. So remember, we will be back again next week doing the same thing. So stay tuned or stay, come back and listen again. And let me know, go to, go to Breast Friends Around the Globe and let me know if, where you listen to this show from today. So thank you very much. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Please join Becky Olson again next Wednesday at 12 o'clock noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. There is always hope, and we are here to help you find it. We'll talk again next time.